0: Welcome back to another episode of Money Talks. This is Hugh Meyer. I hope you're doing well. Remember, we are connecting thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and business experts to you, the small business owner. Today, really excited to have my guest, CEO and founder of Steady Pay, Anthony Strike. Steady Pay is an amazing tech technology created to help small business owners identify and manage their cash management needs. In this episode we will learn about the genesis of steady pay and how it can help you the small business owner and entrepreneur. Remember please subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the like button and I hope you enjoy this episode. Anthony, welcome to the Money Talks podcast. How are you doing
1: today? Great you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm super grateful to uh, finally get here get us here today to record our show. We connected several months back. There's been obviously quite a bit of activity going on with with your startup and steady pay we're really excited to hear more about it and how it's how it's really going to help a lot of business owners out there so without further ado uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background
1: sure so my background um I, i've been in sort of every form of marketing there is uh if i've touched it in some fashion Uh, I started my career in public relations. I did a little stint in investor relations at uh, Morgan Stanley in 2006-7 when everything was going to hell. Uh, (laughs) And then I did uh, a pretty long run in product management and marketing um, on the medical device side. Uh, And that's where I started to manage some dev teams as we were building out some software platforms that sat on top of some of the legacy hardware in the medical device space. Uh, and that that's where I got maybe the irrational delusional idea that I could maybe start a software company um, and then mixed in there at a couple of places I did some ad sales I did some brand management uh, I I guess like that I've touched a lot of different forms of product and marketing but but product management's really m- m- where I spent most of my time so
0: great thank you for that backwards so you clearly have been in a lot of different I guess industries if you will have seen kind of, you know, things from the top down and been able to work inside of those. So with, with obviously with that backdrop, what was the genesis for, for Steady Pay? You know, what, what I guess was the light bulb moment and maybe talk a little bit about how you, how it all started.
1: Well, we, we've had a little bit of a windy road because uh, the genesis for Steady Pay was actually a, a consumer finance product. Uh, my wife and I were just doing credit card bills one day and wondering what the hell we spent all this money on again. Uh, We were, we were paying our bill, you know, paying our bill in full every month, but it was, it was always like, man, this is just like so much higher than I expected it to be. And she made the comment. She said, "I, I wish the money just came out of our account right away. It's just so easy to swipe and worry about paying it off later. And, I said, well, just use the debit card. Like then the money's out and, and you don't get surprised. And she's ah yeah, but you know, we stayed in London for free on the points last year. And you know, I don't <laughs> want to give that up. So I felt like, yeah, there's got to be a way to use your credit card and have it um, sort of automatically pay you down as you go. And ideally, maybe even track some budget things and do some other stuff that a lot of the you know personal finance things do. Uh, it, I didn't find that on the market at the time. And so I, I thought, you know what, this might be something fun to build. And um, I had no idea just how complex anything in fintech that touches money <laughs> movement is. Uh, and so I spent, um, you know, about a, a little over a year just learning the ropes and, and starting to get that built. And finally, in uh, 2000, I guess it was early 2000, uh, 19, late 2019. Yeah, late, late 2019, we launched that consumer product. Um, and we got to a few thousand users, and a couple of things happened simultaneously. And I think there's probably a lot of founders out there that have had similar experiences. Where number one, um, we started to really get our arms around just how expensive and painful it is to build a consumer pro- uh, brand and product, and especially in fintech. Um, customer acquisition is, is really challenging in the um, consumer fintech space, and we watched a couple competitors hit the wall. Uh, and so we started to, to think, you know what, maybe maybe we've got to think about how to how to, you know, really get creative about acquisition or potential right. pivot. And right as that was all happening, we started to hear from a number of our customers who were also small business owners. And they were asking if they could use this product on their small business credit cards and bank accounts. And we we really started to immediately dig into why would these small business owners want to use a personal finance app right. on their small businesses. Um, and what we found was that you know cash management, just just the basics of understanding how many dollars are moving into your business and out of your business, and when is that happening, and managing it and controlling it that process was so manual and painful for them that they were reaching out to any tool they could find that that would help give them some level of visibility and, and maybe ideally automation to that really mission critical task of of cash management for a small business. Uh, So that was what really set us on the path of digging in here to cash management for small businesses. Yeah.
0: I mean, talk about, talk about uh, amazing timing, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, we all, we're all trying to forget about what happened last year, but <laughs> talk about a lesson in, uh, in cash management and on a kind of an overnight scale that, you know, obviously no one could have seen coming and, you know, obviously what you're doing is hugely important. I really appreciate, you know, kind of what you were just saying a few minutes ago about, you know, it, you get the, you know, we, a lot, I've, been very fortunate to interview, you know, several founders this year, you know, specifically in the fintech space and they, they're, they're all working on great things. And it seems like if from the outside, it's, there's very much like a rose colored glasses. It's like, you know, anything fintech, you know, turns to gold. It's, it's, you know, everything it's, it's just, a, it's a great, it, it's a great place to be. There's a lot going on and that's all true, but I appreciate your honesty as far as really digging into, you know, how difficult it is to you know, build a startup in the fintech space and really be able to, to grow it. It's not, you know, what the media in many cases, you know, builds all this up to be.
1: Yeah. F- fintech is hard. It um, It's getting, I would say it's getting easier from a right. technology standpoint. Um, and, and I think we've made some decisions on the tech side that have been, you know, um, They've added a lot of work, but they've been really good decisions for us. And there have been some new things on the tech side that have made that possible. Uh, and I don't know how deep you want to geek out on fintech plumbing and infrastructure. Uh, <laughs> that's probably not going to be the most interesting thing for your audience to talk about. Notch file generation, but um, but but I think you know it's true. Fintech is is a it's a heavy lift. Um, and if you pick the wrong thing to build, you're gonna you're gonna invest right. a lot of time and money in building something and and not be able to get out of it. Lean startup principles are are a little less uh, fungible in, into fintech because you, you can't shortcut and lightweight test things like um, you know fraud prevention.
0: <laughs> right, hundred percent. So last year, you know, like Comms. You know, obviously, the world you know is is shut down. You know, small business owners, especially here in the U.S., were, were unfortunately crushed by it. Many are still really struggling. How does this? How did that all kind of light the fire with what you were working on? How did it impact what you were working on? You know, were you getting a lot of communication from prospective clients, etc.? Yeah.
1: So, in you know, it was, it was late 2019 as we made this pivot towards small businesses and cash management and the vision that we set out for ourselves. um you know i know we're going to probably dig in on sort of future of fintech but one of the things that my co-founder and i really believe is that small businesses want a central source of truth for cash they're trying to to do air traffic control across AR and AP and expense management and lending and treasury management, banking, payments. It's, it's, it, there's so many different verticals that affect cash management. And there's nice tools within each of those spaces, right? The process of understanding, you know, should I be getting a loan or should I be chasing AR or do I need to pay this bill or that bill? A lot of these things are dependent on other verticals and there's no good air traffic control layer to help a small business understand what money needs to be where, when, and what are the kind of transaction level, vendor level, customer level actions they need to be taking to improve the financial health of their business. And so we set out and said, you know what? We we see the need for this air traffic control layer. That means we've gotta be bank agnostic. It means we've gotta be, uh, we can't try to make customers switch their bank accounts to our right. bank account or switch their credit card to us We have to sit on top of their existing tools, meet them where they're at and help them understand this this flow, what's coming in, what's going out, when's that happening and where's the where's the real opportunity to improve health here. Uh, So that broad vision of creating this this sort of um, high level layer central source of truth for cash was really where we came at at this this uh, this market, but the tip of the spear for us—that the first place we wanted to build something was in a just a really basic lightweight treasury management tool for small businesses. We found a lot of them had some cash that um, was sitting there doing nothing, right? And uh, there were some sort of ancillary things around treasury with some of the credit card payment management stuff that we ported over, and a few other little things. And so treasury management became this tip of the spear for us to to get into cash management more broadly. Uh, and part of that was, you know, treasury management is you've got to get a higher yield op- option for your customers to put their cash. And so we did some market research. We found that restaurants seemed like businesses that would be a good fit for us and, and went into the restaurant market. Um, we, we even brought on some advisors and investors from that space uh, and launched our high yield sort of bank agnostic sweep product for for treasury for restaurants in February of 2020. <laughs> Uh, was not the best time to launch a, an interest rate dependent banking product for restaurants with extra cash. Uh, so that, that really blunted the tip of the spear for us, uh, right. so to speak. The, the long-term vision didn't change. We, right. we maintained fo- you know, focus on, on wanting to be cash management solution for small businesses and, and bank agnostic and sort of controller as a service. But we had to find a different way in. A high-yield sweet product was not going to be the, the, the entry point. Um, so we decided to really go, uh, do the legwork and we did about 300 customer interviews across a bunch of different industries. And we also talked to close to 200 fractional CFOs and accountants who support small businesses just to really understand what, what does this look like in this weird new cash management market for small businesses. You know, what are the pain points? What can we do that's going to really help? And um, that reset our roadmap uh, and and put us, honestly, we feel like really in a much better place product wise uh, for what we're delivering to our customers.
0: Yeah. I'm sure that was a a amazing and informative experience to be able to interview all those people who are really, I, I guess, called ground zero of these small businesses um, and really have an understanding of what those pain points are, and how how best you guys could come up with solutions to really you know close the gap, and hopefully you know have have uh, solutions there and ready. God God forbid we ever have anything like we had last year. Odds are probably not, but that doesn't mean there wouldn't be you know other economic issues that would come down the road that you know where you guys would come in and really be a solutions provider these small business owners yeah. so yeah no well, that, that, that's that you
1: uh, know part part of being a startup is is anticipating that you will have um yeah. big giant macro issues right. thrown your way that you have to adapt to and and this was certainly sort of the the mother of all macro issues um but uh you know we we got went into cockroach mode and, and came out a better company <laughs>
0: Never quite, quite heard that analogy, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I can understand how that, that, that would work. So obviously, Network, you, you, you've kind of made these adjustments in, in, your, in the business model, got all this great information. So take us through, you know, someone has a small business, they find you guys or you get connected them. Maybe take us through that process as far as how you start the relationship and how they work with you and, and, and your technology.
1: Yeah, so I've used the word bank agnostic a couple of times already, and right. so don't you know, don't play a drinking game where you take a shot every time I say that <laughs> you'll, you'll die. Um, but uh, the way that we work is is we integrate with the existing financial accounts that a a business has, and, and we really uh, when you sign up for SETI Pay, we ask you for three things. We we ask you number one for some really basic business information, so we can do some of the validation we have to do, uh, customer verification. We ask you for to log into your bank account or accounts uh, and link you know, relevant credit cards and things. And then we ask you to link your accounting software. We start with the bank account because that is the most honest and up-to-date picture of cash in, cash out in a business. Uh, usually, the banks are, are not wrong on, on when and where money came in, came out. QuickBooks can be full of all kinds of stuff, or not full of anything if you're not keeping it up to date. Um, We use that connection for more color around what's happening with the cash than the actual, you know, tracking the in and outs. So we ask you to do those three things: give us some business information, link up your bank account, uh, link up your QuickBooks, and then we will do the rest. And what we provide to our customers is uh, sort of table stakes for any fintech product these days, especially in the in the you know, small business or enterprise space is is sort of dashboarding stuff, aggregating all your balances, showing you what's going on around credit card balances, cash balances, loans, all that stuff, and building out some uh, high-level metrics and forecasts. So we give you a cash-in, cash-out, 13-week cash flow forecast, um, just to give you a sense for what are the peaks and, and what are the valleys and one of the really important things we learned from these, these customer interviews that we did was that the job to be done for day-to-day cash management is very different than the job to be done for like long-term strategic planning. Right. And you know, we, we think about this in the terms of you know, the CFO is, is, very, is forward-looking and strategic. Your bookkeeper is sort of historical-looking, reporting. And the job we're solving is really the present tense of money. What money needs to be where, when in the near term here? Um, and we, we sort of loosely call that controller as a service. And as we put this in front of customers, early on, we, we sort of envisioned this like a lightweight FPNA tool where you could put in some assumptions around maybe headcount or revenue growth and, and sliders and variables and different things that would change the model. And you could have different scenarios and save those and all this kind of stuff. And we put this in front of some customers, and one of them made an analogy that I, I, I go back to a lot. He said, No, 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 th- this is not going to work for me. He said, Cash flow forecasting, when I'm like figuring out what's coming up over the next few weeks, he said it's like particle physics, where when you observe the particle, you actually change the behavior of the particle. When I do my cash flow forecast, now I see what's happening in my business. It's going to change the way I behave, and now my cash flow forecast is out of date. He said, "I don't want to have to update a bunch of assumptions and inputs every time I want to figure out what's going on for the next few weeks cash wise. I just want something that's going to be 80% accurate, real time. Just give me the you know give me the rough look at how things are going, and tell me two or three things I got to go do to make it better." Um, and as we chase that rabbit down that rabbit hole a little more, we found that the job to be done for this this present tense of money is um, making sure that that every dollar is in the right place at the right time, um, and giving you very specific actions to take to improve your business. So it's not helpful to say your DSO is too high. Right. Sure. Everybody's is. You got to say this customer is overdue on this invoice, or this customer is you know 20 days past their normal payment date. You might want to follow up. Um, and so that's what the product does is yes, table stakes, we aggregate your accounts, we show you some metrics, we do some forecasting, but that's all really just the jumping off point to giving you actual financial services and actual actions to take right. to improve the health of your business. Yeah, that's huge. I, I would thank you
0: for thank you for going through that with in such detail. It's 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 an amazing product. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's not just about just showing you the real time data, it's it's offering you actionable advice <laughs> that will make changes to what you're working on your business. It's, you know, that's, that's fantastic. And that's, that's why I love doing with, you know, these interviews is, you know, bringing on these founders, bringing on founders like yourself, they're doing amazing work. And it's not just about, you know, this data aggregation, if you will, it's like, okay, here's, here's all that information. Now, what do I do with it? And you're providing these solutions. And and you know, cash management, as we all know, and especially in small business and any business, is is everything. Um, it's so hugely important. So appreciate that. Thank you for thank you for going in that in so much detail.
1: Yeah. Well, I think one of the one of the things I see happen with, in a lot of spaces is um, companies solve sort of the data side of things they'll present data, they'll aggregate data, they'll give you insights on data, um, but then they just leave you there to figure out what to do about it. Right. Uh, and and Giving, empowering your customers to actually take action on that data within your platform is is a big, um, I think it's it's the big next level you have to go to to drive engagement. You know, we see for customers who've actually put a dollar into our platform on treasury services or or some type of bill paid product that we've had, um, those those customers are four times more engaged than the customers who are just using the data and suggestion services on our platform. you know, solving the the ability to take action is so critical. One of our advisors is a former executive with Mint, and this was one of his big pieces of insight: was you know, Mint was Mint was great; it was certainly trailblazing, but we we just we just presented data, and that became stale after a while to customers. He said we we really could have um, made a, a much bigger impact if we had actually gone and touched the money. And that's what we hear from our small business customers: is is Let me take action. Help me touch the money. Help me automatically set aside money against my taxes that I'll owe. Help me, you know, put the the cash in the account that needs to be there for payroll automatically. Uh, Those are the types of things that we see them needing help with.
0: Yeah. That's, that's really fantastic. You know, again, kudos to you and your partner, your co-founder for, for, you know, creating this and really adapting it. And, and again, coming up with this actionable advice for these small business owners who, you know, definitely need it. They needed it last year and they need it right now and going forward. So that that's, again, thank you for that. How do you, so, I mean, again, your product is fantastic. How do you market it? How are people learning about steady pay? Because it's so, it's such a vital technology and something for business owners to at minimum learn about. Uh, how, yeah. So how are you, how are you doing that?
1: Um, we're getting a lot of referrals from accountants and fractional CFOs. Right. Uh, that's been a really good channel for us. And, and because we're, because we're, uh, you know, I'll say it again, bank agnostic, we're not trying to just switch you from one credit card to another, or switch you from one bank to another bank. Um, the, the those fractional CFOs and accountants, um, see, I think a little more value and, and a little more trust in making those recommendations to their customers. Um, in fact we've had a lot of requests to white label our platform so that the, the fractional cfo or accountant can offer it as part of their platform to their customers um, you know direct acquisition in the smb space is 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 a lot of hand to hand combat right uh, it's it's hard and i don't i don't know that that's going to be a space that we really put a lot of resources into um, and so right now, what we're doing is figuring out some of the verticals that get the most love. That we get the most love from on our platform, and uh, dedicating some more focused at marketing it within those specific verticals.
0: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And obviously, the, the CPAs and the fractional CFOs are a great. Uh, a great space to. able to market what you guys are working on and 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 explain kind of the process and the technology because i i can't imagine you don't you wouldn't meet any you know meet many cpas and fractional cfos that wouldn't see you know the promise and what you guys have built here and how this how it could and it it, you know how it makes their their lives and their clients lives more efficient
1: that's exactly right Uh, we we sort of do the taking out the trash and sweeping the floors you know, boring, menial tasks of, of this. And, and uh, the fractional CFOs certainly like that. Uh, they're able to go focus on more heavy-lift strategic things that they can really add value to their clients through.
0: Yeah, that, that's excellent. So uh, you, we met, you mentioned this a little bit earlier. Maybe give a quick overview of kind of, you know, the, the, the fintech space at large, you know, for the people that are in it have, have known about it. It's been around, you know, probably for 10 years plus now, most people think it just started a year ago or two years ago. Maybe, maybe give like kind of your overview of what you think, you know, where it's going and then, you know, just talk a little bit about that and, you know, how you see, you know, kind of how you see it evolving and then, and maybe how that's going to impact what you guys are working on going forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, it feels a little weird to even try to talk about the future of fintech now because fintech is getting so large and has so many sub markets that it feels like trying to say like the future of SaaS, like right in the future of software, right? Are we talking about crypto? Are we talking about core banking? Are we talking about neobanks, consumer finance? Are we talking about cash management, treasury management, enterprise, you know, bill pay? Uh, There's all, there's so many different verticals there that, that uh, have really different headwinds and tailwinds. Um, I won't even touch the crypto side of things because I, I, just, I just don't know enough to prognosticate there. Um, but when it comes to more sort of mainstream or traditional fintech, um, I think one of the things that I really think is coming and that we're, we're obviously betting on um, is there's going to be sort of a, an aggregation of the front end Interface where small businesses or even consumers are having a more centralized experience with what they're what they're interacting with around banking and financial management. Um, right. And I think especially on the small business space, this makes sense. Um, and this this sort of is happening already, where you see a neobank is really just a software front end interface for an underlying banking partner that they're using for, for the actual banking services. Where I think it's going to differentiate and change is that instead of it being a single banking partner underneath that front end, you're going to see a more diversified range of, of financial services right. feeding up into that centralized front end where, where a small business logs in. And this is what Steady Pay is aiming for is uh, you know, we are uh, going to plug into the right services and functions and uh, financial products underneath our platform uh, so that customers can spend their time on steady pay, understanding the you know, way cash is moving in and out of their business, and tap into, you know, a loan if they need a loan, tap into uh, sweep product if they need a sweep product, uh, tap into bill pay, and um, so that centralization of multiple financial services across multiple verticals, uh, I think is going to be a, a trend going forward. Um, the other trend I, I think is going to play out um, over the next few years is the that layer between the sort of company and the bank um you know whether it's a, a neobank or or a company like ours that that banking as a service layer in the middle that's been a really highly invested in space over the yeah. last little while tons of money flowing into that but i actually think that layer is going to shrink there are a lot of products hitting market that make it much easier for a, a company to directly integrate with the bank And there are more and more banks who are getting more comfortable directly integrating with um, fintech companies. And so the banking as a service layer, the amount of space and and responsibility it has is gonna start to shrink. Um, Not that it will go away, there'll always be a market for it, but I think you're gonna see tighter integration between companies um, maybe using multiple APIs to handle different pieces of of that stack. Um, You know, a good example is, is you look at companies like Move and Alloy, who are all handling different components of the banking as a service stack and making it possible for a company like us to have a direct banking integration with our bank partner and not use a banking as a service um, intermediary.
0: Thank you for that. That was a really interesting overview of kind of where you see things going. I I appreciate that. And I agree. I think, you know, there's definitely going to be some evolution, more evolution in the space and uh, yeah, it just, it's, it's, it's really amazing that it's like light speed, what has gone on and especially in the FinTech space in the last, you know, 12, 18 months, you know, the amount of people that are starting, start, are getting together, starting up businesses and already getting into series A and it's just, it's just, it's like a whirlwind, but it's exciting. And I think, you know, what's really important is that, you know, these, you know, founders like yourself and your, and your, and your co-founder are, are, are really great people and you're all trying to make a difference understanding that we're in this digital world now. We've kind of this the analog world that we were so used to is kind of in the rear view. And now we're entering this really digital world. And the technology is really out there to make your businesses and your lives more efficient for you for the long run.
1: Yep. Yep. Well and you know we really feel like small businesses have gotten a little left behind in in the wave of innovation that's happened. Consumers have a lot of really cool find, you know, fintech products and financial services on the market for them already. Uh, Enterprise, of course, gets tons of love, but right. um, SMBs have been a little bit neglected. Uh, it's changing very fast. There's a lot of, of, of uh, interest in the space, but um, still a long way to go to get them handled.
0: Yeah, no question. So I always like to pause uh, in, the, in the episode Cause I spend so much time asking questions of my guests and give the guests the opportunity to take the mic away from me and ask me a question
1: on anything. So the, the floor is yours. Oh, wow. I was not prepared for that. Um, but you know, <laughs> what I would be curious as you're talking with all these founders from, from different spaces, what are you seeing are, are some of the um, most common you uh, you know, forecasts or or changes or things they're expecting to see in in the near future. What are the themes that are emerging as you ask people about the future of their space? Great question.
0: I think um, as far as what they're seeing is the fe- like. I think it's a lot of what you were just discussing a few minutes ago. You know, this that they they all agree that the space is going to kind of continue to evolve, and they're all looking for you know ways that they're going to have to improve what they're working on, different. Different air, maybe different parts of their business or industries that they're going to need to touch. Uh, you know, they they think that the you know the the iron is hot right now as far as there's so much attention on the space. It seems like that's where you know big investors continue to want to invest their money because they're seeing obviously the returns and the growth from these businesses. But they also realize, like you know, to your credit, to your points, if you know a few minutes ago that. know they're gonna have to keep stay on their toes if you will you know be introspective kind of see what 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 else is coming down the horizon that we need to be aware of how else are we going to be you know a solutions provider to to our end clients Mm -hmm. that makes sense i i i'm on board yeah yeah again you know all these these you know i've been very fortunate to to interview these founders and you know they're all They've all built really great cultures in their businesses. That that I think is is you know, obviously is a huge something that can't be you know put aside or, or not talked about enough. Because if you don't really have that that culture and that vision in the business, no matter if you're in fintech or you know medtech or whatever it is, it's it's not going to matter. You have to, that you have to have that culture. You have to keep finding ways to strengthen it and continue to bring on you know, the best and the brightest people that will kind of really see that mission and take it forward.
1: Yep. Yep. Well, that's a a huge piece of what we're focused on. We're in the middle of a fundraise right now and, and coming out of it have a lot of hires that we want to make. So culture is definitely on the front forefront of my mind. That's great. Yeah, I
0: definitely, uh, um, you know, obviously very excited to he- you know, hear about that and, you know, want to keep following, you know, your progress and your work. So appreciate that. So as we're concluding, I always like to have the, the, the guests offer, you know, you know, one last piece of actionable advice to toward the audience. So right, thank you again for your time.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, you're welcome and, uh, actionable advice. Um, you know what the, the piece of advice that I keep telling myself as we're building, you know, more and more product is, is always, uh, if you aren't embarrassed by your product, when you launch, you've launched too late. So just get it out there, ship it.
0: Yeah. I I love short to the point. Um, (laughs) I, I, I appreciate that. Um, so Anthony, again, thank you for your time today. It was great to finally connect with you. You know, I think, you know, what you guys are working on is really invaluable more. I hope that more small business owners get connected to that, connected to you guys. And I, clearly they're going to see benefits from, from SteadyPay. And, you know, thank you again. Looking forward to hearing more about, you know, the ongoings of the business and uh, good luck with everything. Thanks so much, Hugh. It's been fun. Thank you again, Anthony. Remember, we'll be back next week with another episode of Money Talks. This is Hugh Meyer. Have a great week. Take care.